Hello, Husky Nation. Welcome to Dog Thoughts Radio with Tyson Allenbaugh, Kayla Olin, and Mike Martin. An insider look at Husky football with game analysis, recruiting updates, players and coaches interviews, player profiles and information that you will only hear on Dog Thoughts, including Husky legends. All you'll see is purple. And now... Your host, Tyson Allenbaugh. Hello, dog fans, and welcome to Dog Thoughts. And it is week, not 12, but game 12 for the Washington Huskies, and it's rivalry week. Rivalry week. Apple Cup is here. 6-5 and five Washington Huskies. 6-5 and five, uh, Washington State Cougars at Husky Stadium. Friday, uh, 1 o'clock kickoff. Um, yeah, not exactly with the momentum the Huskies were hoping for coming off that loss to Colorado, which your boy attended. Um, uh, I have some thoughts about that. We don't need to rehash a lot of them, but uh, we're joined, as always, by uh, our friend from Dub Life, Mr. Jeff Wright. Jeff, how you doing? Good, Tyson. How you doing? Well, uh, it took me a couple days to recover from the Husky loss and other things that <laughs> happened over the weekend. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. I, I was in Boulder on Saturday, but I spent two nights in Denver before that. So let's just say I was oh, running. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I was on E uh, <laughs> Monday or Sunday and Monday, but uh, we're back. Still got Thanksgiving, still got football, and the Huskies have a chance to salvage something uh, with the Apple Cup uh, coming up and. You know, obviously, Chris Peterson is what a uh, you know undefeated against the Cougars, and um, still have a chance to keep that streak alive. But man, that that was as disappointing I th- uh, a loss, uh, I, and I'm sure that's been you know I don't think it goes that was as disappointing of an experience as a fan, and I'm sure of from you know from a media perspective, you know, just analyzing the team as as there ever has been in that lot in the twenty to fourteen loss to Colorado. And that and I'm not trying to crap on Colorado because I thought they came they obviously came very well prepared. But that was just yep. it would just it, they looked so they looked lost. They looked as lost and it they kind of played how I think a lot of fans have felt about this season, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes total sense, Tyson. Um, you know, coming out of the bye week, teams aren't supposed to play that bad and you know, they came out lifeless and just flat, and I think it's the worst loss of the Peterson era here at Washington for sure. Yeah, and and, and it's because and it's the, the bar has been raised, and, and the big picture stuff will be addressed later. I have to imagine there's going to be, you know, people keep picking on uh, Bush Hamden, I think rightfully so, but I think there's, yep. there's going to be some other, I think there'll be other changes, well, I hope. Right. Because, uh, you know, Mark, Dian- Mark D'Antonio over at Michigan State, you know, after his, you know, putrid Michigan State offense, instead of firing his staff, he just rearranged. He just kind of rearranged chairs. So the quarterback coach became the tight end coach. The tight end coach became the wide receiver coach. The wide receiver coach became the O-line, whatever it was. Right. And yep. the, which kind of, you know, doesn't seem to address the elephant in the room. Right. And it, I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers. Who knows? Because coaches are stubborn. That the elephant in the room is the is the Husky offense, and it's been under multiple different quarterbacks, multiple quarterbacks, um, multiple offensive coordinators, multiple everything, pretty much, right? And yep. it, it it clearly something is not clicking, and it's and sometimes you know you have to hit rock bottom, you know that that's what they would say about like addicts, right? Well, Coach, yep. Pete, you're addicted to that offense, whatever your system, whatever. You've hit rock yep. bottom, man. Twenty the, the, that that was as putative a performance. This is two years in a row of 25 points a game in conference. It ain't gonna cut it, bud. 
Yeah, I agree with you, Tyson. And like you said, um, you know, Peterson's been at Washington for six years now, and that offense hasn't really been great except for the year they went to the college football playoffs. So they need to go outside the box and maybe bring in somebody that can revamp the whole offense. Yeah, just to, there just needs to be something different. And, and, and hopefully, <clears throat> you know, like I said, um, <clears throat> it, it, you can't win them all, but you sure shouldn't lose them like that. So, um, but like I said, there's a chance to kick the Cougars' ass again. And in the words of uh, Miles Gaskin, I ain't never lost to no Coug. Chris Peterson himself has ain't lost to no Coug. And um, speak. And I That's mentioned right. Miles Gaskin. It leads into the run game, which has been at times <clears throat> has pretty much been the maybe the most consistent aspect of the Husky offense this season. Colorado just demoralized the Husky run game. And then furthermore, it's also kind of been the reason why the Huskies have been able to control all these Apple Cups, uh, particularly the last two years, playing in inclement weather. I mean, I just – until it until it got really bad against Colorado, I think I maybe underrated how important the running game had been to the Huskies' success both this season and I guess as a program overall, which sounds crazy considering we just had Miles Gaskin. So shoot me. Yeah, I mean, Miles Gaskin in the past, like with all the Apple Cups, he's been the Husky safety valve, you know, and they just hand the ball off to him, and it just shortens the game. I mean, you know, they go for five, six-minute drives, and it keeps that Cougar offense off the field. And so um, it's been a huge success this year, I think, for the Husky offense, because without that and with the struggling passing game that the Huskies have had this season, God knows where this offense would be. So thank God for for Savan Ahmed and Richard Newton. And they're doing their damnedest. There just isn't sort of, uh, like I said, it, it, and they've been pretty good most of the most of the year. And last, I think the Colorado yep. game was just sort of, you know, um, and you, you're talking to the players and coaches and stuff like that. I mean, it, uh, they have to have noticed. I mean, obviously they talk about it all the time too. That's part of that rhythm, uh, which again is now going to be a banned word on this show, but um, that's part of the rhythm of the offense is getting that running game going, but um, it just lo- it just looks so limp. It's so <laughs> against Colorado, and again, credit to the Buffaloes. And I think too, Tyson. It also the defense, the Husky defense, is tied into this too. And it, you know, when the Huskies give up early scores to other teams, um, you know, it seems like Bush Hamden panics a little bit and starts you know trying to air it out all around the field to to catch up on the scoreboard. And so the other part of this is the Husky defense has to do their job early on and keep the game close. So that way, you know, Bush will want to call more runs and stick with the running game because that's basically the identity of the offense this year. Yeah. Which is part of, again, the larger issue because I don't know how you can watch anybody playing high level offense in, in college football this year and think that you, that you can get away with being, a run first team. I just don't know how you can watch uh, yeah. uh, 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 Burroughs at LSU. And maybe Eason isn't Joe Burrow, but I'm talking just stylistically the way you view how, how to get it done, that you think that, uh, you know, th- you know, run, run, pass, punt is going gonna, is gonna to be the trick. But, okay, we're moving on. We're moving on, Jeff. We're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. I'm saying this out loud just to sort of speak it into existence. Uh <clears throat> This week, these weeks are always fun, I'm sure, for you because, and I'm using that very sarcastically because <laughs> it's not only a short week, it's also a rivalry week similar to like Oregon and, uh, and also, you know, assume, you know, also a big game in general. But I mean, these weeks are fun for the players, but they're also difficult, like I said, particularly with the Apple Cup because of the Thanksgiving as well, but also 
they it's I guess it's just kind of fun but tough for everybody involved. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, it is a tough week. It's a short week. Families come into town, um, you know, for Thanksgiving dinner. Um, families are requesting tickets. Um, so there's just a lot of different distractions for the players from from the things they're telling me. But, you know, I talked to defensive back Miles Bryant, and he said that, you know, as far as the rivalry goes and embracing it, he says it's one of the best rivalries in college football, in his opinion. And he said a lot of people don't really know about it because it's tucked in the back in the Pacific Northwest. But he said as far as the energy goes, you know, from the city of Seattle and people in the state and the fans and the players that they've all embraced it. And then I talked to uh, defensive lineman Levi Onwuzarike, and he had a different um, view on it. And he said that, you know, he's from Texas. And so he says it's taken him quite a while to grow into this rivalry because, you know, he didn't grow up here. But he said last year's game, because of the snow and how cold it was, um, he really grew into the rivalry after that snow game. So, um, And then running back, you know, Saban Ahmed said that, you know, growing up, he wasn't a big part of the rivalry at all until he started getting serious about football. But um, the one thing he really likes about it is that he's able to play in front of the hometown and, and also play in front of his family. And then he said the coaches always stress that this is a, such an important game because, you know, when, you're, when your career's done at UW, you'll always go back and remember all the memories from the Apple Cups, and you won't remember the other games, but you'll, you'll always remember the Apple Cup games. Yeah, and, and like Savon, and, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, the, the snow game will forever, it, it, it's true. I, I really don't, I, I'm, I think that will be a hard one to forget for both sides, right? Even if the Huskies didn't come yeah. out on top, that would have been a very hard game to forget because of the circumstances. In the, in the, in the year before in that driving rainstorm where Vita Vea, you know, again, the Husky, it's easy to remember for Husky fans or what we want to because they've come out on top, but uh, just as equally as crushing as 2008 or uh, when Alex Brink, of all people, went 3-1 and one <laughs> against the Huskies in, in yeah. the Apple Cup. 3-1. and one. I don't know any duck record against the Huskies or a Cardinal quarterback record, you know what I mean? But I do remember yeah. that Alex Brink went three, the only Wazoo quarterback to win three games against the Huskies, by the way. So yeah, um, that 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 definitely is uh, the truth right there. But uh, schematically, it's <clears throat> it's so funny that you know that they we talk year in and year out about Jimmy Lake solving the air raid defense. Well, Wazoo still throws a ton on everybody else. So I don't know as much as they solve it sometimes, Jeff. As much as they just have the right sort of attitude against it, it just seems to bring out the best of the guys on defense. I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, underthinking this one. No, I think you're you're right, Tyson. And obviously the coaches have recruited to stop these kind of offenses in the past 12. But, you know, Amuzarike, you know, he said it's because of the Husky DBs that they're able to stop the air raid. Um, he said, he, you know, with talking with the DBs in the locker room every year, it's like they really look forward to this game because they kind of take it personal that, you know, the Cougars think that they can march down the field and put up 600 yards. And so they literally take this game personally and they look forward to it. Um, and then talking to Miles Bryan again, um, he said it all comes down to preparation. He says that they're very well prepared every year, maybe more than any other game during the season, and they have a really good scheme against the Cougars, and that yields a lot of interceptions and and pass breakups. So, and the other thing he said too is they do a really good job every year of tackling the Cougars all the way down to the ground. Yeah, well, and tackling's been uh, inconsistent this year. So, you know, last, yeah. I, I, as we kind of talk, I, and I want to know more about this 2009 uh, Wazoo, 2019 Wazoo offense because they've been, I'd say, I've, they've been balling this year. And 
yep. it is it will you know last year meant a lot of people mentioned oh this is the best opportunity for Wazoo to beat the dogs this year I think this year more than any year uh maybe going back to like 2014 or 15 um is the best year because of the way this Wazoo offense is playing and, and what have the players and coaches said about this 2019 edition of this Coug offense well, again, talking to Amu Zarike, he said that one thing that really sticks out about this version of the Cougars is they get the ball out really quickly, more than even last year. And he says that because they get the ball out so quickly on offense, um, they're not giving up very many tackles for loss this season. Um, so he said that you know it's going to be important for the D line to get their hands up and try to bat the balls down. And then um, you know he also mentioned the impact of Max Borgie uh, and yes. Max. Yeah, we'll get to him, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's, I mean, yeah. I don't yeah. think it's unpopular to say that he's uh, he, going out on a limb, that that guy's really good and really fun to watch. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he said that, you know, even though they're a pass-heavy offense, you know, Borgie makes a huge impact on that team. You know, he's not only a, a good running back, but, you know, he catches the ball a lot too in, in all their offensive packages. So, and he's very shifty, so that's one guy they definitely got to keep an eye on. So they think that's another reason why their offense is very successful this year. And and the other thing that Miles Bryant said was, you know, you look at their games this year, they're putting up, you know, 55 points, 63, just crazy video game numbers. And he said that they have the mindset that, you know, we don't care how bad our defense is, we're just going to beat you in a shootout anyway. So it's kind of like they plan their games to, to go to shootouts every every time they get on the field. Yeah, and hey, you know what? Hey, Chris Peterson, maybe borrow some of that <laughs> mindset a little bit. Um, exactly. Uh, yes, even though obviously uh, the Husky defense is substantially better than the Cougars one, and we'll talk about that Cougar defense yeah. or lack thereof uh, in a moment. But Anthony Gordon, man, I- I'm pulling up his numbers here because I, I-, I just you-, you gotta say him out loud. It- this is crazy what he's done this year, and uh, yeah. 585 attempts, which is just ridiculous. But almost, he's at yeah. 4,900 yards, basically. Eight, 8.4 yards an attempt, which is not bad considering – well, actually pretty damn good considering how often he throws the ball. 45 touchdowns, 14 picks. Um, that dude, at least statistically, is having as good a year as any since um, Leach has got there. And you have to – you know, yeah. all the leak uh, – leak, Luke – Falk got a lot of publicity, understandably, because of, you know, filling in for uh, um, Connor Halliday and doing a pretty good job. And and then, obviously, Gardner Minshew, the Mississippi mustache, kind of coming out of nowhere. <laughs> but Anthony Gordon might be the best out of all of them. But, you know, stylistically, though, is he that different? Do you, do you see the difference when I'm asking? I feel like he's produced more, but is he really that different in the way he plays? Um, Amu Zarika had a take on that, and, and he said that, you know, he has his own style that seems to be a little bit different than Minshew last year. And the one thing that sticks out to him is that he feels like he's the most calm and collected quarterback that Wazoo has had in the pocket over okay. the last, you know, okay. three or four years. He just looking at the tape, he says he's just more calm and collected. Um, so, like you said, if you think this is a year that Wazoo has a good chance to beat the Huskies, that may play a big factor into the game is because, you know, their quarterback's a little bit more poised. Um, but he said at the same time, he said it is the same Washington state offense. The offense hasn't changed at all. They just throw another guy into the system. Um, and then miles Bryant said that they're very similar. That was his opinion on it. And, um, he said they're both very accurate and Leach gives them a, you know, 
lets them look down the field and, and survey what the defense has given them and, and lets them make plays. So um, other than that, that's kind of what, what the team is saying about both those guys. And uh, moving on to the, the Washington State defense, I'm, I have their numbers in front of me too, and I'm just – and this is just the totally crazy. I'm just doing just conference games, right? Uh, yeah. Conference games, just only in conference games, the, the Cougs have given up 37 points. Arizona's given yeah. up 38, right? And yeah. just in terms of it's sort of a two-part question because it seems like they've rebounded a little bit better, not really, but sort of better post-Tracy uh, Clay's uh, quitting ha- yeah. earlier this season. But – you have to think in terms of let's focus on the Washington side. This is a, as good of opportunity as any to put some points on the board and 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 kind of uh, you know show your will so to speak. But I'm also seeing Colorado on here where the Huskies gave up only scored yeah. 14 and Oregon State right next to them and they only scored 19. Now some of that's Peyton Henry's fault, but I mean uh, it's kind of the same thing with Washington in that. This is as good as opportunity as Washington's had maybe in the last three years as well to to really put some points on the board. And <laughs> your guess is but as I good agree as mine. With you. No, I agree with you, Tyson. And you know, we talked about this a few shows back. You know, they were facing the bottom three defenses in the Pac-12 in Oregon State, Colorado, and Wazoo. And those two games, it didn't turn out very well on the scoreboard. You know, one was nineteen, and what was the other one? Fourteen or something like that. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that's not – you're not even reaching 20 points against crappy defenses. And so I, I don't really have the confidence that the Huskies, despite how crappy Wazoo's defense is, is going to come out, you know, this week and, and put up points on the board. I just don't. I, I, I can't predict this team anymore. No, that's absolutely – other than disappointing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, in October, like, uh, again, I'm just going just – these are just kind of raw totals. But, it, they, you know, <laughs> in August and September – uh, the Cougs were given up, uh, you know, gave up 20 touchdowns. In the month of October, um, they only gave up uh, three, uh, 10 touchdowns. So they did have a little bit. Now they're back up. They've given up 15 touchdowns so far in this month. Um, obviously, a lot of that was against Oregon State, who, you know, whatever, yeah. scored 54 points. But, I mean, in terms of the Coug defense this year, seems like they have the style that they like to play even after they moved on from Grinch to Tracy Clays. But this year, mm-hmm. they just don't seem to have the horses to be able to execute it um, that they've had in years past. Because the last couple of years, again, you have to give credit where credit's due. That Coug defense was tough. It was weird. It was unique. And that's why, sort of like their offense, pretty much every other team in the conference could not get a beat on it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And then looking at their stats this year on defense, like they're giving up almost 300 yards a game through the air. <laughs> and so – if there's ever a game for, you know, Eason to get it going and the receivers to actually have their way down the field, get some separation and make some big plays, this would be the game on paper. But everybody knows this Apple Cup is not played on paper. No, and this Husky team doesn't play on paper because they've been favored, I think, in <laughs> yeah. pretty much every game this season, you know, or yeah. ostensibly every game, right? But exactly. uh, in terms from you know, from the player's perspective, how is this Wazoo, what does this Wazoo defense look like? Or, or does it remind them of previous editions or maybe they're completely unique? Uh, yeah, Tyson, I talked to center Nick Harris and, you know, he said that they use a lot of movement um, up front with their stunts. That's that's what he noticed on the film. And um, he said one reason that the Huskies have had so much success against the Cougars um, over the past, you know, three, four years is because they're able to get pressure on the quarterback. And the reason they're able to get pressure on the quarterback is because they simulate that in practice with the scout team. 
And he really wanted to give the scout team credit because he's like, yeah, these guys really give us a glimpse as to what we're looking at. And when we get in the game, that's exactly what we see. So he praised those guys for helping them out in practice. Um, and then he said also just now having three or four years under their belt, seeing the same scheme year in and year out, they know what's coming. And so Leach is stubborn, right? And he hasn't really changed his offense or he hasn't really thrown too many new wrinkles at Peterson over the course of, you know, the five years he's played against him. So that's another reason why Harris thought they're having a lot of success against this defense. And then Ahmed said the same thing. He says they like to move a lot on defense and they have, they're very physical, he thinks, and they have some really good athletes on that side of the ball. So even though their numbers aren't great, he's definitely, you know, giving them respect. All right. Uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, I got one, Tyson. Um, earlier this week, you know, at the press conference for Peterson, you know, he was asked about the comments of, you know, Max Borgie, Wazoo's running back. And, you know, Borgie made some pointed remarks about the Huskies after their presser, after their game against Oregon State the other day. And he said that, you know, I don't have a score prediction for the Apple Cup, but, you know, I will be scoring a lot myself. And so, you know, we asked Peterson about that, and, and Peterson played it off and said, you know, it's it's not a big deal. It's just rivalry smack talk, and it makes for good fun. And so, you know, looking at this, if that if that's what Peterson really thinks, then why doesn't he allow his players on rivalry weeks to, to let loose and have fun themselves? Because, you know, he shut it down earlier this year against uh, when we played Oregon, and he also shut it down this week against Wazoo. And so... If that's what he really feels, then why not let a guy like Trey Adams, who's a fifth-year senior, you know, come out and, and talk to the media and, and let loose for once? But, you know, I don't really think Peterson believes that at all. I just think that's coaches speak. And the reason I think that is because this week, you know, there was only four players that were made available to the media, and there were no coaches. And so, obviously, he didn't want Jimmy Lake going out there and giving him any bulletin board material about stopping the air raid and and if you look at the four players that he chose, you know, three of those players were all from out of state and none of none of the none of them were grew up in the state of Washington. But the only kid that that grew up in the state of Washington was Savon Ahmed. And anybody that knows anything about Savon, you know, he's the humblest kid in the room. And so Peterson methodically chose you know, his four players this week and who he wanted to talk to the media and who not. And so to me, this is all a big contradiction. I think it does bother Peterson what Borgie said, but he's not going to give it any real big attention. So I'm just not buying all this stuff, Tyson. <laughs> you can pretty much, I'm surprised he even had an, that opinion, just an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> because exactly. normally he, he doesn't mind talking, you know, it's so funny. He doesn't, it, it's, and it's one of the most frustrating parts about him, and it's where I wish the this is one of the few ways I wish the college game was more like the NFL. Like the NFL, yo, Pete Carroll has to talk. Like they have they have their yeah. scheduled press conferences. They have to reveal not all inf injury information, but you know they have to. They can't just BS it, right? Completely BS right. it or completely whatever. And this is where, like you know, you, you talk to Peterson when he when they ask about the redshirt rules or. Uh, other things sort of adjacent to the what's happening on the field. Um, he's fair, He seems fairly thoughtful, and I think he is. Obviously, he is a thoughtful guy, 
but he just so rarely I just feel like we so rarely get a glimpse of him and and, and you know yeah. you know growing up uh you know not growing up for me but because those shows kind of ended but those there used to be those coaches shows that weren't completely milk toast and I, I don't know yeah it, the, uh, this is sort of a bigger problem than just Peterson because he's certainly not the only one but um, and then you look at Peterson too, like, you know, he'll, he'll come out and say, Oh, well, you know, what we do is we prepare every week for the next opponent. And, and that opponent this that week is the most important game of the season. And so, you know, I see it the opposite. I see like, you know, these rivalry games need to be played up. Like this is a big game. Like it shouldn't just be treated as another game on the schedule. So Peterson will say, Oh, it's just another game on the schedule. It's the most important one. But then you'll find out later, oh, well, he had four or five guest speakers, ex-former players come in and talk to the team. So it can't just be another game, but you got five five former players coming in talking about the importance of the Apple Cup. So, yeah, it's just like a big contradiction. Like, what, what, it, what really is it? What do you really feel about Rivalry Week, Coach yeah. Pete? <laughs> and also, it's like they either all matter or if they don't matter, like – I'm okay with you saying that, like, I, like here's where I'm not disagreeing with you, where I'm like, okay, yes, the next opponent is the most important one, Then, but then, like, stress the importance to me, because there seems to be a malaise about it as well, you know what I mean? Right, and that's the, exactly. That's, that's more of the messaging, I think, the, the, the how it's messaged than it is, because it's like, yes, I actually agree with the general attitude that, yo, like, like you shouldn't just get up and down. That's like Sarkeesian type stuff, right? Where you only exactly. get up for like you know, and then you go get you know get uh, Arizona State beats you by forty, right? The next week after you beat Stanford at home. So like, right. I I prefer the mentality of what Peterson's. I just don't prefer the messaging of it. You know what I mean? Right. And, and right. I think we're we're kind of on we're parking our car in the same garage here. But uh, um, yeah. But anyways, all right, man. Uh, plug your stuff. Yeah, so our website is dublife.net, and on Twitter, you can give us a follow at jdub2379, and you can also follow us on Facebook and find our page there. And if you're following us on our website and you see any Fanatics ads, then you can click on those, and if you buy something, we get a commission off that. So we appreciate your support. Awesome, Jeff. Uh, We'll talk not necessarily next week, but we will talk soon, my friend. Sounds good. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Go dogs. Go dogs. That was Jeff Wright from Dub Life, and now it's time for my prediction. And I'm just going to keep it simple, stupid. Beat the Cougs. I didn't swear because I want this to be kid-friendly, but just beat the Cougs, please. Just give me a happy Thanksgiving, for goodness sake, after the disaster that this year has been, both on the field and emotionally for me, watching this team. Anyways, we appreciate your support. Thank you for listening, as always. We'll be back uh, to review the Apple Cup and... And then it's uh, bowl season. The Huskies will go bowling. Where they'll bowl, I do not know. But, God, I'm hoping it's the Red Box or Cheez-It Bowl because that would be a perfect encapsulation uh, playing in a meaningless bowl game named after a mediocre cheese-flavored snack than than this season. But uh, (laughs) at any rate, we'll talk to you soon. I'm Tyson Allenbach. Go dogs. The proceeding was a Howling Husky production.